0: Hi, this is Brian King. I'm here with my partner, Steve Garvin, and our third partner is Frank Labuda, who is unfortunately having some technical issues. So on future broadcasts, we'll hope that he'll have better technical karma and he'll be able to join us. The reason that Steve and I, and eventually Frank are coming together, is because Frank, in I think he spoke to you as well, Steve, He introduced me to this idea he had about the evolution that the the male component of our species is taking, you know, moving to much more of a compassionate, heart-centered way of living. And uh, we're going to compare notes on this, Steve, but I was not raised by that kind of man. (laughs) I was raised by the very stoic, no-feeling, very emotionally unavailable type man And I learned compassion and listening and caretaking through a close relationship with my mother. And I ended up having more friends that were girls because my mom related to me. My dad didn't. You know, his entire approach to life was I work my ass off 15, 20 hours a day. I I bring home the bacon. Leave me alone and let me work. You know, and I'll, I'll spare you the details about the very difficult upbringing he had, but he was raised by very cold parents. You now, and he unfortunately came into a marriage and into the parenting role, having no parenting philosophy whatsoever. So he was totally hands off. So now I'm a father of three boys. And I had no model for being a dad. I mean, I didn't know how to play with my kids. You know, I didn't know how to really be there for them. So I actively went out and sought my own mentors for how to be a good dad, how to be a good man. And I gravitated towards those men that were compassionate, that were more feeling, you know, more heart centered. And I had a hard time finding men in the general flow of life that were like that. You know, you can see them in the likes of Jack Canfield and Wayne Dyer you know, in some of the industry leaders, but in your neighborhood, you know, where the heck are they? Right. And fortunately through the power of the internet, I found guys like Steve and Frank who are very heart centered, you know, much more emotionally driven. And Frank had this idea of let's put this message out there. You know, let's show the guys out there that there is a way to become, you know, a a new man, you know, a more purposeful man, where you're living with that purpose of being much more human, you know, much more vulnerable. The things that many men, and I imagine you've experienced this too, Steve, many men are crying out to be more authentic. But they're surrounded by these guys that say, suck it up. Quit being a wuss. Walk it off, you know. And they didn't, right. they don't have people to support them. So we started this On Purpose Man project, if you will. And we even created a group in on Facebook. It's the On Purpose Man. It's easy enough to find. And join the conversations there. You know, get a sense of what Steve, Frank, and I, are trying to help you accomplish in your own lives and bond with the other guys that are there, you know, learn what's possible for you. So that's kind of the, the introduction. That's the framework of what it is we want to accomplish. And Steve, what, what brings you to this, this concept of the on purpose man?
1: Well, I think you and I have similar, um, backgrounds, it, it's, it's honestly kind of interesting to to I'm just reflecting on my my dad um, who passed away about three years ago but it was really interesting to see his kind of evolution he was raised he was a depression aged child born in 1930 and uh, I mean kind of grapes of wrath uh, you know upbringing and uh, but the really interesting thing for me is that when dad turned when he was about 62 or so and he was re- getting out of the, the workplace is that he started to do an inward turn as well and started to look more at himself and to be more um, compassionate and, and understanding and, and really more expressive and creative. He'd always been kind of an artist, but he um, had set that aside. Like so many of us do that we, you know, we set aside our passions and our, our interests and, and the things that that really touch our souls because we uh you know we feel the need to to be more pragmatic and and you know create a living and doing pragmatic things that don't necessarily reach our souls and uh, when he retired from work he, he turned his energy towards taking all kinds of art classes and doing more watercolor painting and and sketching and so forth and he went from i i literally and honestly before that point he and i had had probably maybe five conversations in my whole life and so i was like you know 25 or so and 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 he just i mean there was no real relationship there up until that point and so there was i have like two in a way two different versions of my dad and um and I've gone. I see myself kind of following in his footsteps. Fortunately, I've sped things up a bit and went through my crisis in my 40s rather than my 60s. But um, I did the same thing that you know. I had to start looking and seeing. You know, who am I internally? You know, not just my roles or my identities or my you know my job title or whatever, but like what really drives me. And I think that's when we talk about the on purpose man. That's what I'm thinking of. As you know, as what makes me who I am and, and, and embracing all of myself, not just kind of my external or exterior kind of facade, but looking at my, my heart and my spirit and, you know, my, my body and, and everything that, that we're a whole package. And so often in our culture today, we're so focused on more the thinking man, which is great. I mean, I love to learn and I love to study and I love to, you know, get exposed to new ideas but there's so much more available to us just within you know the the person that's sitting here uh, you know chatting on blab i mean it's there it's kind of the unexplored territory right you know <laughs> that and as we get to know ourselves better and as, as we continue to evolve individually life just becomes more and more expansive and that's the thing that. Ex- Excites me about this this forum and this this topic is you know is how can we support what <coughs> excuse me support one another in in doing that growth and, and bringing ourselves out and blossoming and and becoming the 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 new generation of men and that that is all there that is there for our children and, and for our wives and for our community and, and for ourselves, really, I think that's where it all begins is, you know, yeah, a are lot, we there for ourselves?
0: <laughs> yeah. A, a lot of, a lot of the guys that I work with, I'm going to be talking to one later today, doesn't know how to be present with their wife. You know, mm-hmm. she, she wants to talk, she wants to be heard and they are not sure how to attend because you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're too stuck in that traditional stereotypical role of being the fixer. Honey, there's a leak in the faucet. Okay, I'll get my tools. I'll go and fix it. Right, grumble, grumble. Yeah, but they (laughs) they just don't know how to be present. And, you know, my dad was was similar to yours. I remember there was only one time he told me that he was proud of me. I totally didn't see it coming, had no idea how to respond to him because he'd never said it before, you know? Mm. And if you go and try and hug him, you would think that you had cooties dripping off your skin and he was afraid of getting <laughs> infected, you know? But one, All right, of the, right. one of the things that I learned that I really advise the uh, the men in the world who want to be much more conscious, much more purpose-driven, as opposed to hiding behind the, well, this was why, how I was raised. You know, like just mm-hmm. trying to be a slave to that hereditary upbringing that they didn't like when they were in it, but because Mm -hmm. they don't have any other alternatives, they just stick with what they don't like. So one of the things that I recommend is finding some way to forgive your father, Mm -hmm. you know, for being the imperfect human man that he was realizing that on some level your dad suffered Maybe he had his own insecurities. Maybe he didn't know why he did what he did. He didn't do that internal work. But he was who he was. He did the best he could with what he brought to the table. And I know that there are some people that were raised by alcoholic fathers. You know, when my dad did talk to me, it was largely to humiliate me. You know, because that's how he was raised. So I had to find a place to say, you know what, dad, everything you dished out, I now realize was not about me. Mm. You were coping with your own pain and I happen to be a convenient target, but your pain was not about me. Moving forward from that point, I need to decide what my purpose is on this planet. I need to decide what my beliefs are going to be about myself, about other people, and need to decide how am I going to live that purpose. And that can be something so cathartic to forgive your dad anybody who has gone through that process knows what i'm talking about if you haven't gone through that process you know reach out to us you know join the group ask the question let us help you through it so steve did you have to do anything like that
1: (laughs) oh yeah and the interesting thing for me is is It began a long time ago, but it began in, in earnest just like three years ago, when my my dad passed, and he passed rather dramatically. He fell one day and was gone three days later. So, um, and I was living in North Carolina, and he lived out where I live now, here in Tacoma, Washington, and um, so everything kind of changed on a dime, and. One of the things that that happened in moving out here to, to be with my family and to uh, you know care for my mom and so forth, was that I started to really start to see my dad differently. We'd already had, I mean, we had a 20-year relationship where we were really pretty close to one another, but um, but I I I was going through a pretty major depressive period, and one of the things that I realized that I started to live kind of his life and go through the same struggles that he went through with depression and so forth. And I started to see why he did things the way he did, because I was going through the same things myself. And, and just like you say about, you know, forgiving your father, one of the things that I know about myself is I'm not a perfect father either. You know, and and if, if I want to, um, you know, hold out hope that, you know, that, I have a really good relationship with my kids. I mean, I, I you know, we really enjoy each other and, and have a lot of fun together, but also I know I'm not perfect. I mean, who is, but if, if I want to hold out that possibility of us, you know, all kind of healing together and, and being strong and, and being there for each other, then I need to do the same thing for my dad that I, you know, I need to let go of the, the difficulties and the, the mistakes that he made and, you know, honestly, the mistakes that I made. Um, and, it, and it just, you know, it, it, it works so much better when you can let go of that, those, those feelings and that kind of angst and, and turmoil.
0: <laughs> yeah, having guilt over your, your essential humanity can be very toxic, you know, the, mm-hmm. those little human hiccups that we have. You know, one thing I've gotten used to over the years, and this is great not only for learning some humility, but it's really great for maintaining that bond with your kids. That is apologizing when you screw up.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah. why hang on to it? It's
0: And you're I, making, I, making excuses and you know trying to rationalize it or whatever. Right. No, own it. Right. It's a powerful thing you're modeling for your kids when you do that.
1: And the amazing thing is, I mean, we think that if we kind of can hold off on it or make excuses or justifications or whatever – that we won't have to deal with the the pain or the the uncomfortableness of of you know facing up to it, but the opposite is actually true that you know when you open up to it and you deal with it immediately, you know you're done with it i mean you fresh, fresh states, fresh slate and um you know you know move on and and go on and I, th- and I think that's pretty awesome yeah uh,
0: one one thing my kids know is that dad can get cranky often first thing in the morning, you know, and right, right, right. sometimes I sleep some nights better than others. And my youngest boy, who is 11, is the poster child for morning people. You know, he hmm. wakes up with a bounce on his step and a smile on his face and he is ready to go. And he talks a million miles an hour.
1: Right. Yep. And
0: there's some mornings where I just get really impatient and I snap at him a little bit. And then he goes off to school and when he comes home, the first thing I do is I apologize to him, tell him he did not deserve that from me, that I was frustrated and I didn't handle it as well as I needed to, and that I want to apologize to him for stabbing it. And then hopefully he accepts it instead of saying, you know, forget you, I'm calling the abuse hotline and you're going to be in real trouble. Right, right. But fortunately, my kids are gracious. You know, they accept it. We hug and then we go forward from there in a more pleasant place. Yeah. So there are so many layers to what we're referring to as the on-purpose man. And the key is to understand that it's not about necessarily adding things to yourself. It's about peeling away all those messages that you learned over the years about who you are supposed to be as a man. Because Mm -hmm. underneath those layers are who you truly are. And that's essentially what this journey is all about. And Frank has some wonderful ideas about this as well. And when he's able to join our conversation, you'll get even more richness in terms of what this concept means for us. And we, of course, want to hear what it means for you, you know, whoever is listening to this, so that we can support you in it. You know, there are some cultures that won't stand for a sensitive guy. Uh You're a warrior. You're supposed to be strong, you know. And we appreciate that complexity. You know, it doesn't mean that you can't find guys who want to be a little bit more gentle in their approach to life you can hang out with we appreciate there are some contexts where if you try to be much more open and vulnerable there are some that unfortunately are very competitive and they'll see that as an opportunity to come and exploit you Uh so easier said than done you know bottom line here but if there are enough of us modeling this and we are taking a bit of a leadership position to where we become the standard bearer of another way of being masculine, you know, one where we get to use all of ourselves, all of our emotions, not just this very narrow, culturally stereotypical way of being. I think not only will it make us happier and make our lives more fulfilled, but it allow us to show up in a more profound way for the people we care about.
1: You know, and the interesting thing is going back to kind of off your idea about the, the warrior mentality, um, I did a little research and did it some soak a little while ago about um different cultures. So so like um the the age of chivalry and, and knighthood and you know, and also like the samurai uh, warrior, that it was that there was kind of that strong firm and um solid stance but there was also more of an expansive it was it was about developing the the full person i mean it wasn't just about you know uh you know being strong but it was also about being gentle and kind and, and figuring out how to 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 balance those different aspects um you know when i think of of being an on-purpose man i'm not and i don't think you are either Fra- brian that um that when we think of that that we're not saying that you only have to be a certain way i'm what i'm saying is is that we can be all of who we are we can be the strong person that says you know is firm with our children and say you know tells them no and then tells them to you know that that they need to set things aside but we can also at the same time be there for them and tell them that we love them and that we we are concerned about them and that you know that that we have made mistakes that we we bring all of us to the to the equation rather than just an element of of what we think we should be doing and and to go back to your other point that uh, you know deep down at our core level we're beautiful beings that each one of us is regardless of you know what the exterior may look like uh, you know and, and when we get to that that level and, and live from that place then you know we're we're naturally uh, one happier and but also that we're able to be a better service to other people and and to to encourage and uplift and and really be with people um, and ourselves. It, absolutely
0: right. I mean, yeah, I have been talking a lot of the softer side because that's a part that's often neglected, especially in the Western culture. But you're absolutely right, Steve. It, it's a matter of striking that balance so that we realize there's a time for all of us, you know, it's not just a matter of, okay, when it's called upon to be tough, dad's going to be the drill sergeant. You know, there's also a time where you can be the, the quiet, listening, heart centered person. And life is just so much more grand when you get to experience it fully, as opposed Mm -hmm. to being afraid of showing the world, any part of yourself, so we could talk about this forever, you know, and we, we will. We'll continue, you know, having these little broadcasts. and talking about more aspects of the on-purpose man. The main reason we did this first one is to introduce ourselves and what it is we're trying to do to help our fellow guys out there. So hopefully you will. You've enjoyed this. You will share it very generously with other guys who think can benefit from what Steve and Frank and I are trying to do. Uh, thank you, Steve. My allergies are kicking in. So yeah, for those of you who, who are watching, my eyes are starting to get swollen, so I need to go and deal with that. So Steve, it is always a pleasure chatting with you, sir. I hope you have an awesome day and, uh, keep track of us folks, because we're going to be doing this again real soon. Okay. Have an awesome day, Steve.
1: All right. You too. Take care. Bye everybody.